Chilling. True. And after I decided I'm going to murder my mother. And I didn't feel that I had to face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. got a cool setup in here it looks pretty uh, decent i think i just gotta get the adapter from my mac so that i can connect it so that i can connect it to my new monitor that i bought today with my trump money as everyone's calling it or donnie bucks that they're calling it are they calling it that yeah it's pretty funny no, i like it yeah it's pretty funny but welcome to the chilling truth everybody I am Corey, and I charged my phone today, so I'm looking at Johnny today. Uh, we're doing an old episode. Well, I mean, obviously you know that this is an old episode because you're listening to it as an old episode, but there used to be a different audio here from when we had a di another host when there were three of us. Now there's only two of us, so we have to backtrack and redo all the episodes to where it's just Johnny and I. We did the same thing with the Satanism episode, so we're just redoing that again. Talking about Unit 731 again. This, if you didn't listen to it, the first round of when we recorded it, the first, if you didn't listen to it when we first recorded it, the first audio, just be warned, this is a pretty heavy episode. It's a very gruesome, very gory, very, what's another bad description word? Man. Terrifying? You, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm i on the fence. Uh, so, of course, I'm not, as we discussed earlier, I'm not taking a stance. We will, say, hold on, on no, no, I don't want to even get into that yet. Let's okay. explain to the listeners what happens here. But as far as what, it, what kind of material it is, it's heavy. the man behind the sun... Ooh, I don't want to get into de I don't want to get into details, but as far as, like, you're asking me how I feel, when I was watching that, when I was doing the research... I was, yeah, I mean, you're, you're sifting through these Japanese scientists and, and all the weird stuff that they did, and you're almost on the side of science because they're, the way they're doing it and the way they're programmed to do it. But then you watch the, like, Man Behind the Sun, you know, if for those that don't know, it's a documentary that, of course... Well, it's more like a movie. It's like a docu-movie type. It's, yeah, it's like a movie. But, I, there's a lot of theatrical aspects that they added into it, so right, yeah. it, you ha you do have to take that into account. But for every for every war crime or whatever medical procedure they pr like they they would do in this film, it was I felt like I was watching a snuff film. Even if one percent of it actually did happen, it's fucking horrible. Yeah, like the boy, okay. Yeah, I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah. The, oh, we're gonna get as, to all of it. In as far as the movie, though, like you know, with the the mute boy, I I feel like that was added mm -hmm. for theatrical right reasons, because yeah. uh, that gave me more of like a boy in the striped pajamas type vibe. Yeah, 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 with the ball and stuff. Yeah, totally. yeah. So, but uh, we'll get to all the uh, we'll get to more stuff about Men Behind the Sun coming up. But you can't really talk about. Unit 731, without talking about the rape of Nanking. The rape of Nanking was literally that. It was a rape and pillage of an entire village. And it is, I mean, whew, there, it, it's all heavy material, but the rape of Nanking is especially horrible because we have some first-hand accounts from people who were there. I would in, like to uh, say, can I, okay, I would like oh, to yeah, say, go ahead. I don't think their agendas matched. I don't think Nanking happened because of Unit 731. I don't think 731 happened because of Nanking. No, I don't think so either, but I think that it was... The, I mean, I think that Unit 731 getting the survivors of Nanking was like a happy accident for them. It was, but I feel so like Not Nanking, the victims, but the scientists. I think Nanking happened just simply because the Japanese Empire felt like they were losing a war. And they they... they Similar to the Nazis, they found themselves... The Japanese saw themselves as superior to the Chinese people. And that's right, a reason I, why they destroyed yeah, them. I think at this point, they thought they were they were in a losing battle. I think, exactly. I think Nanking was 
a, like just a last second, like they, they just needed to, to pull off one big thing to win the war, in their opinion. And they went all the fucking way in with it, too. But, but as far as the patience or wood logs that were used at Unit 731, I don't think they came from Nanking. I think the, a lot of women and children might have come from Nanking. But from what I'm reading, most of the soldiers for the Chinese military were pulled out of Nanking prior to the invasion. So I think right, most but of the people ones that, that were captured were innocent civilians. Well, let's let's get into the we'll get we'll do, let's do it chronologically. Let's before we get into all the fucked up shit that's happened, let's go back to the beginning of it at the beginning of the rape of Nanking. So, like I said, it was just that it was a, a rape of an entire village. So this happened between December thirteenth, nineteen thirty seven, and January nineteen thirty eight. The death toll was fifty thousand to four hundred thousand people over the six weeks of time. The Japanese Imperial soldiers committed mass rape, murder, theft, arson, and other war crimes here. And, man, it's so fucked up, but there are two Japanese officers. They had a contest to see who could kill 100 people first with a sword. And it was covered by newspapers. I don't know how they got the information back to the newspapers, but it was definitely a competition that they had, and I don't know who won. Even if I did, I don't want to give them the gratification of saying his name. That's one more reason I wouldn't put the two together as one happened for the other or because of the other because Dan King was soldiers that were carrying out an an, an irate ideology that was sought out by, you know, similar to the Gestapo. Right. But when you're talking about unit 731, we're talking about young scientists that were just learning and wanted to learn how to uh, operate on human beings they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. And a lot of these doctors, I mean, they didn't start out as doctors. They were young apprentices that were working towards Yeah, most being of the kids, most of the people witnessing and learning, quote unquote, from these higher ranking scientists were like 13, 14, 15 year old kids. Right. My point is, is it wasn't a malice approach from these scientists as it was the soldiers from Nanking. The ra- Nanking was definitely... it. It reads like a revenge story. But it Unit 731, like, no, I th- like I we talked reads, about earlier. I think it le- reads like you have a country in the middle of a war and they're desperate to win. They see that they're losing, so they take over. Because Nanking, for those that don't know, Nanking was the original capital of China. So that's why the Japanese targeted Nanking, because it was a huge population and it was, it, it was, it was headquarters for Chinese government. Right. So, I mean, was it like the early 1900s is when they decided? Well, I guess 1950s they decided. Well, I'm to saying it reads. I'm saying it reads like I'm saying. I'm saying it reads like a revenge story because of the brutality of it. It seemed like it was very, very personal for the people that were no, doing it. I don't think so. I think it was. But they were just more psychopaths. I know. I think the Japanese were just willing to do whatever it took to win. Honestly. Right, a bunch of psychopaths. I mean, it's, yes, but as far as government and how countries are ran, because I, the thing is, I don't want to get carried away with how animalistic or how ridiculous the Japanese government was because the American government is not far off, dude. No, we it's, are not innocent in and, any way. And, and, and in fact, by the end of the story, you'll you'll figure out how involved we are or how much knowledge we have of it. <clears throat> and still, the the average American has no idea about the rape of Nanking or if you don't if you uh, think that the America if you think that America is innocent, just look up Operation Paperclip and you'll see that we are not innocent in any sort of way. No, but you don't have to go to other circumstances. I'm saying with this specific reality for the Japanese history, Americans are involved and and in the end it plays out it, it kind of makes sense or it, it may make it makes sense to me why we did what we did. Not saying that it was right or wrong. I'm just saying that it, it, in regards to gaining intelligence, we kind right. of used it to our advantage. Right. So let's get into the, let's get into like the actual story of the rape of Nanking. So it is estimated, it is estimated that 20,000 women, including some children and elderly were raped during the rape of Nanking. And the rapes were done systematically. So Japanese soldiers would go door to door, pull out the women and young girls and gang rape them in the street. 
after they were raped, they were either mutilated or straight up murdered by bayonet. But I'm not going to get into what they did with the babies and the kids, how they raped them. But if you want to read more into that, you can just look up the book. It's called Unit 731, The Forgotten Asian Auschwitz by Derek Pua. P-U-A. Derek P-U-A. I don't know how to say his last name. Pua. It's a pretty decent book. It's pretty short. Uh, it kind of gets, you know, straight to the chase. The only complaint I had about it is it kind of, it, it felt like it jumped around. Like it kind of, it would go from, you know, not like future to past, but... I don't know. You can read it for yourself and see how you like it. It was pretty decent. That's what I used for majority of the research for the book or for the the podcast. I'm sorry. So I'm going to read a quote here. And this is something that happened. This is a firsthand. This is a witness account. So <clears throat> I'm not going to do the accent. Please I'm looking back. You. It's in bad taste. No, I think. Yeah, I think this should be. It should be a heavy episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it should be funny, but it should be, like, 9-11. Like, it wasn't maybe, all that. Maybe funny. less jokes, yeah. Yeah, because it's more of a history episode. Yeah, and it is fucked up history. So. Yeah, and reading it in accent, I realize now it's kind of, you know. I was young back then. That was a year ago. I was a young, young, spry podcaster back then. Yeah. But we're correcting it. We're making what? it more PC, and uh, it's, yeah, this one would be better. This is for the listener that sent me that message on Instagram. That was there like, I hated this episode because of the accent. There we go. See, we take criticism and we work and we bring on it. it. We, back. we build upon it. So yeah. who was the listener? Do you remember the, the handle name? I don't remember their name. But, um, All right. Well, for, for those of you, if you are still listening, maybe you gave up after your comment. Okay, so I'm going to read this quote now. On December 13th, about 30 soldiers came to a Chinese house at number five, Hing's Sing Lu Ku in the southeastern part of Nanking and demanded entrance. The door was opened by a landlord, a Mohammedan named Ha. They killed him immediately with a revolver and also Mrs. Ha, who knelt before them after Ha's death, begging them not to kill anyone else. Mrs. Ha asked them why they killed her husband and they shot her. So Mrs. Sai was dragged out from under a table in the guest hall where she tried to hide with her one-year-old baby. After being stripped and raped by one or more men, she was bayoneted in the chest and then had a bottle thrust in her vagina. The baby was killed with a bayonet. Some soldiers then went to the next room where Mrs. Saya's parents, aged 76 and 74, and her two daughters, aged 16 and 14, were. They were about to rape the girls when the grandmother tried to protect them. The soldiers killed her with a revolver. The grandfather grasped the body of his wife and was killed. The two girls were then stripped, the elder being raped by two to three men and the younger by three. The older girl was stabbed afterwards and a cane was rammed into her vagina. The younger girl was bayoneted also, but was spared the horrible treatment that had been meted out to her sister and mother. The soldiers then bayoneted another sister between seven and eight, who was also in the room. The last murders in the house were of Ha's two children, aged four and two respectively. The older was bayoneted and the younger split down through the head with a sword. Oh, fuck, man, that's... It's just, it's unnecessary, I guess would be the best word for it. It doesn't seem necessary to kill the children and the well, mothers. And well, you know, and I'm not defending any culture, but war is fucking ugly, dude. I mean, yeah, but this is like, and you've got I understand. That, as, I mean, you've got countries that winning is on the line. So if you do not do this, your country's victory or your country's collapse is at stake. And it's easy to get your troops on board just like the americans do with it look look i'm a veteran i get it man i'm a patriot i love america but i love the rest of the world as well i've seen a lot of it and i love everything i see but when you have a a military that is convinced that if you're muslim or anything related to middle eastern you are not to be thought twice about and that's how the Japanese culture treated the Chinese, because I, most of these, most of these uh, victims were from China. So, well, uh, all I, of them. You're talking about seven thirty one or Nanking? Uh, um, both, because I feel like with Nanking it was all Chinese. Right. Yeah. Probably. It's, it's probably all Chinese. But Unit Seven Thirty One majority of them. Unit Seven Thirty One. Yeah, but but they were taking POWs. They were taking. Any human being they could get their hands on in order to practice medicine. That's how I say it, but it was it's very, a, it was very much. Practice, that, use, sure. practice medicine is used very loosely. 
Look, like I, like we've already said, these scientists yes, were young before the show. and they were brought up in a training that was, it, it broke them down and trained them to be emotionless. Even right. And a lot of them fought against it. A lot of them had morals and knew what they were doing was wrong. And they did try to avoid doing the heinous acts that they carried out. But well, when we, after we talk about Nan King, when we get down to unit 731, we'll see what, we'll see that they didn't see them. They saw them as nothing more than test subjects. They didn't see them as people. And that's why a lot of them, majority of them were able to do what they did. I mean, for fuck's sakes, they called them logs. They didn't even call them people. It was yeah, like, so it's the like Japanese the Holocaust. They just gave you a number. You weren't even a person anymore. Right. So the Japanese term was Marut, which was Maruta, yeah, basically yeah. a log. Which just means so log pretty much. It's just, you're just, it's a log for the fire. You're just, you're building a fire and it, it's kind of like that old saying, you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. This way, you got to crack a few frozen arms and break some skulls, literally, to In find to out what happens how when to... you break a skull in half. Yeah. So the death toll is hard to articulate because so many bodies were purposely burned and buried in mass graves or disposed of in the Yangtze River. Pregnant women were targeted for murder often, and they would be bayoneted in the stomach. Now, this testimony is very heavy. So if you are pregnant or you are be trying to become pregnant, I would suggest maybe pressing that little 15 button and skipping past this little bit because it's pretty rough. The seventh and last person in the first row was a pregnant woman. The soldier thought he might as well rape her before killing her, so he pulled her out of the group to a spot about 10 meters away. As he was trying to rape her, the woman resisted fiercely. The soldier abruptly stabbed her in the belly with a bayonet. She gave a final scream as her intestines spilled out. Then the soldier stabbed the fetus with its umbilical cord, clearly visible in the long distance. It's hard to picture someone doing that to another person, honestly. But that's the insanity behind it. It, you're not you're not watching a group of people kill another group of people. You're watching a group of people kill something that they think is less than human in order to exactly. learn things. They, they're not seeing them the way that we're picturing the person on the ground being fucking murdered. No, it's either a prisoner of war, a prisoner just to be a prisoner, or uh, a Chinese citizen. So women, children, I don't give a fuck, you're Chinese. The Japanese weren't, they didn't, they weren't concerning themselves with the quality of Chinese culture. But I wouldn't say that they were psychopaths. I would say that these were young soldiers, young scientists that were broken down and built back up to lack empathy. Yeah, like a psychopath. Well, they were broken down and built so back it, up like a right. psychopath. So it's uh, just like our American soldiers. There's a reason the enlistment age is 18 and not 28, dude. Because okay, you're 18, young, you're impressionable. I joined when I was invincible. 19. I know exactly what they do. Exactly right, but at 28, you've established a life. You're not as invincible as you thought you were when you were 18. You're more likely to say no to war, and you're not going to go. So if you're older the older than the age of 18 or 28, and you're listening to this, and you're one of those guys that says, yeah, I'd fucking go. No, you wouldn't, dude. You can say it because you don't have to. Shut the fuck up. So yeah. as a veteran, you hear it all the time. But it's it's the same approach as far as manipulation. You have young soldiers, young scientists that are manipulated into thinking a certain way that works for the fucking government. And they I were had... very successful about it, unfortunately. But that's exactly what it was. They were successful at, at designing this program. Sadly, it was successful, people. yes. Oh, for sure. But but when I served, I had a NCO, well, like a sergeant, tell me, it was in basic training, he told us, if you're in war and you're coming up to a window in like a building and you have a grenade and you know there's enemies in that building, you pull that pin and you throw it in the window and it doesn't matter, women, kids, dogs, whatever, you just get that enemy. And that's, almost verbatim exactly what he said and that's that's a hard thing to shove into somebody's brain when they're 18 19 years old you know it is that's a heavy burden for someone to have now i don't know if he was just trying to freak us out or if he really meant it 
regardless, it stuck with me, and that was in 2011, and I'm still I still remember it. Well, that's trauma. Yeah, no, it's that's I mean, it's crazy how the smallest amount of trauma would affect you. Imagine going through what these. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. In no way am I talking about being on their level. I'm not. No, I'm not saying you're not comparing. I'm no. As far as uh, this is for the listener, just to kind of relate, like holy shit, dude, something so small and traumatic. Anybody listening to this has had probably the traumatic experience in their life, and whether it was right, but whether it was large or small is very subjective. I mean, the smallest thing that could happen to someone, for someone else, it could be. A very traumatic experience. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yours, my point is, is yours was very traumatic. Uh, and it shouldn't be taken lightly just because these guys saw something traumatic. It's just. Yeah, it's kind of like when someone says, well, you have this in your life. Why is, you know, you got it better than this other? Well, I mean, everything is subjective. You know, I mean, what's right. bad for you might not be so bad for somebody else. It, but we could get into a whole philosophy on that. Yeah, yeah. I think we can both agree right now that this is very traumatic. This <laughs> so, is... Yes. If I went through this, it'd be top of my list of the worst oh, yeah. things I've experienced ever. But, I mean, I, you know, we'll get into it. But, you know, the scientists that were interviewed now, like they're old Japanese men, the ones that are still alive. Yeah, all but that well, one gave well, a shit. most of the... 98% <laughs> of them, 99.9% we'll of them... Are remorseful and they do not want to recall those. Oh years. no, they don't even want to think about this. I'm I mean, sure they, they can't were, sleep. They were participating in these acts, but like I said, the brainwashing, the manipulation. As these guys mm-hmm. got older, and now they're older with grandbabies, great grandbabies, and they realize how they were approaching what they thought was purely scientific. Now they see that. Fuck. Uh, Put it that, this way: if you. I'm going to talk about the basic training thing one more time. So you, we go for six weeks. I did. I don't know how long yours was. I went for six weeks. In that six weeks, everything about my civilian life was gone. Every – not like I'm not talking about the like wipe my memory, but I'm saying like every habit, every feeling, every like impulsive thing that I would do before I went there was gone. I was like completely rewired as a completely different person. You know, that's one thing that I do remember from basic, and I'm sure anybody that went through it can attest to the same, but that was one thing that I did take away from it. Halfway through basic, I wasn't hungry until someone said it was chow time. I didn't need need to use the restroom until someone said use the head. I wasn't sleepy until someone said... I didn't need a watch. I just needed to know when I got hungry to know it was like about 5 o'clock. You you stop thinking for yourself. Like I, it's weird, man. I'm just marching in a line, man. I'm just my entire identity is the last four digits of my social security number, mm-hmm. and I don't mean shit. So it, yeah, it's it's a weird transformation transition that you're taking as they're breaking you down to build you up to be what they want you to be. And it's I even can, weirder when you're self aware of it, when you can feel it and see it, like happening to yourself right but it's weird i i also feel like that's one of the reasons where i can read about you know unit 731 or i can watch this fucked up film depicting what happened in that facility but i can also sympathize with the young soldiers and the young scientists like okay what you're doing is totally fucked up but i can see how someone molded you to be that sadistic human being to carry out their master plan. Yeah, I mean, you. Um, God, we're gonna. This is gonna be such a long episode because that's why I was excited. That's why I was excited. It's a a good lot one. of things about a lot of things about our military experience ties into this. We had a. So when you're marching or you're running, you call cadence. I'm sure you guys did the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had you're one where we would talk about. Man, I wish I could remember how it went. So basically, what we would do when we were running, we would. It's like the 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 person calling cadence would say it, and then the people running would repeat it. But there was one where we would say, "You go to the market, and you." I can't remember exactly how it went. I wish I could remember exactly how it went. But basically, it was saying like, "I went to the church. I pulled out my gun. I killed everybody. I went to the market. I pulled out my gun. I killed everybody." And it's. You don't think about it as such a whole... I mean, you think about it as a bad thing. Obviously, if you're self-aware enough and you're not all fucking into the army bullshit that they pound into your head. But 
you don't think about it as such a fucked up thing until you really like in- get introspective and think like holy shit man we're talking about murdering innocent people here and we're singing it essentially while running down the street and everybody can hear us as far as the cadence when i was in job training uh in i guess it's a school but job training in Pensacola, florida it was an aviation joint base it was marine uh, army air force uh, navy it was all aviation jobs because i worked flight deck so you had these facilities around base that you had to gain access to but you know we all we all rotated standing watch at these gates and you had to check ids and you had to challenge yeah we did that as well right so when you had marines standing it You've got these Marines. They're in job training too, which means that they were in basic only days ago, weeks, short weeks ago. So they've already been built, broken down and built up just like we had. And Marines are fucking like war machines. Well, what I found interesting about their training as far as breaking down and building up, when you get to a certain building or a security post and there is a young Marine boot camp, fresh dude, stand and watch. He's going to check your ID. I was Navy. So I would walk up. He would check my ID. He would let me have access to the building. I'd continue on my way. But when Marines would walk up, they too would show their ID and they would let them have access to the building. But they were trained amongst one another when a Marine comes up just for fun, shits and giggles, you point your finger gun at him and say, kill like that's your, that's psychotic. Yeah. That was their method of checking ID, but also being on guard. A Marine walks up, kill and you gain access and you just, you have that kill mentality just rebooted into your brain from basic. And it's just, insane how yeah, dude, we there's tons of cadences where we just say kill 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 like just right murder well, it's everybody. funny because the average american person isn't aware of that training that we're given and that includes the rednecks that are you know that wanted to serve but couldn't because of their asthma but i'm gonna like, punk that, punch that drill sergeant in the face yeah. if he yells at me no yeah, you're not motherfucker guy. like you're, you're not you're gonna do a bunch of push-ups and you're gonna lose a bunch of weight and you're gonna yeah. drink a lot of juice and that's all that's gonna happen in fact the handful of hillbillies that i knew that wanted to go in and they were trigger happy from the get-go didn't make it past basic because they didn't fucking pass a psych test yeah, because they're fucking lunatics yeah. and they just want to get a gun in their hand. Yeah, no, we want to. The, the government wants to break you down, build you up the way they want you to. They don't need you to come in with preconceived ideologies about, you know, who should live, who should die. They, they want you to kill you. who they want you to kill. But in American culture, you're raised in military, anything Islam or Middle Eastern, those are where our wars are. Mm-hmm. So when you go back to Unit 731 and the rape of Nan King. These young soldiers were raised and brought up, broken down, built up the same way, but they were thinking this way towards the Chinese. And that's why it was so easy for them to carry out these crazy fucking procedures. And that was a long tangent on our military history, but it all ties into talking about Unit 731. It all comes together in the way that these scientists and the soldiers were... I mean, I'm not saying that they're innocent. They are guilty as fuck, and they all deserve whatever punishment that they got. But what I'm saying is, it's not Let that hard to be like manipulated. This. It's not that hard to be brainwashed. It's not. But as far as pointing blame, and I would blame it on. I would just say warfare. I would say that the the government of of Japan, the Empire of Japan. They declared a bacterial germ warfare on innocent people, but the jet while they were doing that, the Japanese government, the Japanese empire was also waging psychological <coughs> warfare on its own people to carry right. out these fucking acts. So now I don't want to say the excuse there's, there's that they just were just following orders or anything, but no, I think they were though. It's not, it's, it's not an excuse. It's, it's a justifiable reason. When you have an 18, 19, 20-year-old soldier from whatever country, they were built and designed to defend anything 
related to their country, whether it was right mm-hmm. or wrong. Just like you have plenty of American friends. I know I do. You get on Facebook or, or any kind of social media. I've got redneck hillbilly friends in Texas that post, you know, memes that, you know, want to uh, defile, defame, and just berate the Muslim culture just because their government told them that the Muslims are infiltrating and mm-hmm. they're taking yep. over our country. And that's exactly what happened to the Japanese soldiers and scientists. They were doing what they thought was for the good of their country because the Chinese were the enemy. It's not right, but there is a reason behind it all. No, it's not right. Absolutely not. But I just want to make sure that stance is noted that we don't no. think this was a good thing. Right, but I'm not going to sit here and ignore that uh, an individual can be manipulated into doing evil for sure. Very and that's easily. What, and, and that's what happened. I don't, and you know, we'll get to it by the end of this whole episode, but I, I think it's a good thing that these Japanese scientists were, uh, they were given anonymity and they weren't charged for these war crimes. I, think that that should have been hap- I think that it should have been carried out that way because of the innocent minds that were manipulated and brainwashed. I don't think it was a good idea because the only reason it was carried out was because the government wanted to gain intelligence. Right. Yeah, there's always a bad yeah, there's so always a bad side. We won't prosecute your scientist, but tell us what you know. So, my point is is that we're all fucking dirty. The the yeah, Japanese no government was story. terrible for carrying this out on the Chinese people. But the American government used this in order to gain information that its own people don't even know it has. And that's the same. Like our government, Paper our American government, knows that. exactly how they did it. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's the same concept, just with the Nazis. So now we're gonna take you guys into Unit Seven Thirty One. I know we've been building up to it for a good, like maybe ten minutes now. But hey, now welcome to the episode. We're gonna start talking about Unit Seven Thirty One. That's the end of our military episode. We're gonna talk about Unit Seven Thirty One now after fucking twenty yeah, minutes yeah. of of our shit. So Unit Seven Thirty One was the main administrative hub in a network of research facilities under Imperial Japan's top secret biological weapons program. It's a fucking mouthful. <clears throat> the program was headed by Major General Shiro Ishii, and his team performed innumerable and inhumane experiments on the prisoners. Now, like let's we talk about earlier, let's talk about Ishii first. I want to talk about oh, his background. I don't know a whole lot about him, so I'll let you go into that since you did all that research today. Okay. <laughs> yes. I just have the meat and potatoes. You've got the fucking side yeah, yeah, yeah. Over here. So. Basically, uh, Shiro Ishii, he, a lot of reports say that he was a lieutenant. A lot of reports say he was a commander. I'm going to call him a lieutenant commander because it's a thing, and I'm not sure which one he is. So let's just give him a lieutenant <laughs> Just give him both titles. It's fine. Let's give yeah, both. fuck it. So, he deserves a promotion. Well, in the Japanese government's eyes, he did because right, he, got, yeah, exactly. he got his foot in the door of this whole operation by developing a water filtration system. Okay, but as far as educational background, Ishii studied uh, pathology, bacterial, uh, bacteria, bac- bacteriology, bacteriology. Yeah, I have bacteriology. no clue. I've never even heard of this. Well, and it makes sense, beca- and and that was one of the reasons you know he was uh, fit for this particular position. He was because, quote unquote perfect for this role. If you have right, to, because the Japanese were conducting bacterial uh, warfare. You know, they, pathology had, experiments. Essentially. Yeah, they, I mean, they were dropping plague on people, so yeah, this made sense. So he studied pathology, bacteriology, bacteriology, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, but he basically developed this water filtration system uh, and presented it to the higher ups in the government, and then they decided that he would run this program. That I believe his training started in Kyushu Island, which is I lived on Kyushu Island. I lived near I lived in Sasebo, Japan, for three years. So down there, at the time, there were a lot of uh, a large part of the population was infected with um, some type of disease that was spreading real fast. So it was a good place to kind of study some shit. Well, it's funny you say coronavirus, and and that's <laughs> I was why I'm joking. 
No, I think it's great. I think it's a good time to talk about this episode, and I'm glad we're reamping it and 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 republishing it during this time of coronavirus because, you know, during the coronavirus, you know, the American people are losing this shit with where's it coming from? Does it come from bats? Does it come from Chinese? Does it come from this? Is it the the Huang fucking? Now, I heard it came from China because one of those motherfuckers ate a bat and gave me coronavirus. Right, but what's interesting is the Japanese government with Unit 731, they were infecting bats, they were infecting rats, they were infecting any kind of rodent and kind of letting them out into the population. So Wait, 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 wait. So are you saying that coronavirus could have came from Unit 731? I'm saying it's very fucking possible. Holy shit. My, literally, my mind is fucking blown right now. No, I I'd never thought that- about that. No, I think that a lot of the uh, viruses and stuff that are coming out, because a lot of people are convinced that the government's dropping it on people anyways. Well, it's funny you say that, because that's what the <laughs> fucking Japanese were doing. They were testing it. Oh, I can't wait, because that documentary <laughs> Stop, Don't be so excited about oh, it. Oh, with the pottery bombs? Up. Holy shit, <laughs> pottery bombs. I love when people get infected with oh, the plague. Dude. I just fucking love it. Let's get it. Let's get it. But I think this is very relevant. I think this is extremely relevant content. No, with, it is. Yeah, it is. Today in society and what we are being exposed to as far as viruses. Right. You ready for me to move on? Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go. Okay. I've spit all over my fucking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm all spit. <laughs> I'm getting all worked up. Oh, I'm getting excited. Jesus Christ. Oh. Okay. Um, <coughs> I got to stop sounding like I'm laughing. So prisoners were right, called this is, a, this is a serious topic. Yeah. yeah there's no more laughing. The prisoners were called yeah, How do we okay? get, how do we get, get rails, shit about them? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. Oh, fuck. Hold on. <laughs> this went from babies getting fucking raped and, and harpooned to... To screaming and laughing, yeah. <laughs> to, to, it's weird shit. how this show is yeah. deteriorating as people. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think anybody that listens to this feels like, like that every time they listen to it. Oh man, okay. All right, I'm, I'm gonna light a candle. Screaming. I'm gonna get some good vibes going. Hold on. <laughs> this is candle. smoked amber and slate. Let's see if it very manly clears the deed. Fucking, I don't know. I think it smells. Oh, I'm sure it smells great. great. So prisoners were called logs or marutas, as we said earlier. And they, like we said, they didn't view these prisoners as people, and this was a way for them to even further distance themselves from the fact that they were actually people. And the term Maruta translates to wooden log, and the prisoners were usually obtained from agencies and military police throughout Manchuria. And many were Communist Party members and POWs from China, Russia, and Mongolia, but if were needed, they would take civilians as well. Hey, do you remember so, that one time in American history where... We had a certain group of people, I can't quite remember which culture it was, but we thought of them as less than human beings, so we would Wait, 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 is this as... the one where we showed up and killed all of them and took everything from them? No, 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 no. well, it's funny you say that. I'm thinking of the one, like, maybe a hundred years later, where we brought a culture over to America we labeled them less than human. I think it was four. Oh, and they did a exact. bunch of yard work for us. Yeah, for we kind of did experiments on them, and we didn't feel bad mm-hmm. because we thought they were less than human. Yeah, it's funny. Right, and a bunch no. of presidents would have sex with them, and then they would not want to tell anyone about it. Yeah, what right. was it called again? Oh, man, man. If only I could remember history class that is I'll so similar to this, but this was never talked about. How? Yeah, dude, American culture is just as fucked. It wasn't the Jews, was it? Was it the Jews? No, that was no, Germany that Jews, killed all the Jews. But, you know, if you go up to the Northeast, there's a lot of racism against the Jewish culture. So I think there's exists. quite a bit of racism against the Jews everywhere. And when I say Northeast, I mean the Northeast part of America, this country. Yeah. yeah. Slaves. Yeah, still they were called slaves. Right, right, right. The, the four-fifths yeah, okay. of a human being were the slaves. And we, we mistreated them because we didn't think they were uh, an equal amount of a human being. Which is hey man, totally when you fun. need some yard work done, you're not going to do it yourself, okay? Right. You're going to go to an, you're going to go to Africa and bring a bunch of people over here to do it for you for free. Right, but joking joking aside, I bring it up because <laughs> you know the average American is going to think less of the Japanese culture for doing such a heinous thing. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. We've done We're, it multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are no better 
as a people. <laughs> no, we are not innocent in this We are still man. trying to get anyway. our shit together. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so some were injected with diseases and then had vivisections done on them to see the effects of the disease. Um, and if you don't know what a vivisection is... Please, Corey, tell us what a vivisection is. Essentially, if you've ever dissected a frog, that's what a vivisection is. But the difference between these vivisections and the vivisections you did in biology class... Uh, these people were still alive when they were cutting them open and seeing the disease move through their body firsthand. Hey, Corey, were they given anesthetic? Um, no, they weren't, actually. Surprisingly, mm, they just no. fucking started hacking them open and, you know, screaming and crying. And it's just pretty normal. Stuff. Yeah, at you the know? very most, I think they would give them chloroform to knock them out. But then you think, as you're watching this person who's been chloroformed, they're feeling every bit of pain. They're just not conscious They're just not to responding to it. They're screaming yeah. on the inside. You know, regular nine to five cubicle stuff going on, you know. Crazy stuff. Crazy. I got to get this person cut open and I got to do that spreadsheet later. So I need to hurry this up and, you know, just knock them out for me. I don't have time yeah. for anesthetic. Well, and before we continue, and you and I talked about this earlier as far as justifying, you know, what was done. I... Because my st I didn't have a stance. I'm just saying that I can understand how these young, naive scientists wanted to work on a body that was very live, very warm, and was not under a, a, any kind of anesthetic because they wanted to see the reactions of the human body in a natural state. And that's and the downside why they is you can't see that without operating on a live human body. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not saying it's a good thing they did not use anesthesia. I'm saying that I, I can understand devil's advocate here. I'm not saying we have understand. a perspective we when I say, uh, yeah, but when I say understand, I don't mean agree with the two fucking different terms. So if you think they're the same, you're an idiot. So hey, I would, Johnny, remember whenever we were talking earlier about being a little less aggressive towards the listeners. Remember we said that? Yeah. Yeah. I said I would work on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We talked about that a little while ago. So listen here, you little shitheads. <laughs> It's going to scream at him now. The idea of wanting to understand what the body does and reacts to certain circumstances without anesthetic and under natural circumstances, I can understand how the world of science would want to know that. The way they did it was extremely barbaric. And the idea, like, yeah, no, it's unspeakable. It's unthinkable. I, I, I do not condone the behavior that they did. It's just hey man, that, we're just trying not to commit a satanic sin. But we're, okay? but we we're also sure we talking, right? But we're also talking, you know, 60, 70 years ago, where medicine was very limited, knowledge was very limited, including knowledge of frostbite, which, mm, you know, we're going to get to that. Yeah. So <laughs> we learned a lot of things from the ridiculously wrong things that these people did to these other people. So. So some were even used to test the effective range of bombs and some weapons, and some were forced to endure that extreme frostbite that we just talked about. So if you go on YouTube, you can watch Men Behind the Sun. Like we were talking about earlier, it's essentially a movie about Unit 731, but it, it's more like a docu-movie type of thing. <clears throat> if that's even a genre of movies, I don't know. But There are a few things added to the movie to give it that cinematic feeling. Right, but I but the procedures that are portrayed in the movie are very true. They're pretty spot on. Um, I don't know if you plan on covering. Oh, I was uh, going to talk about the frostbite one, unless you want to go into the details. Of, no, let's uh, let's start with the, someone's. No, no, let's start with the frostbite and then fucking build up from there because it okay, gets so, a whole lot worse. So what they did in the, in the movie, you'll you see them take this woman outside. And they, she has her arms put out, stretched out in front of her. If I remember right, she has them on a fence. Like she has her arms on the fence so that her arms stay up. Yeah, her arms are standing. They're they're straight out. As yeah, if you're holding your arms straight out. Them. Yeah, they are out. And what the soldier, the Japanese soldier, would do is he would come over with a bucket of water and he would. Oh, this is freezing temperatures outside, by the way. This is oh, like yeah, below he was, freezing temperatures. Yeah, it was like I forgot to add that digging up ice and snow letting that melt right there in a puddle and pouring mm -hmm. that puddle of water onto the arms. Yeah, it's not like the ice bucket challenge where they're like, Haha, I'm pouring water on you. No, yeah, no, this it is... wasn't lukewarm tap water. <laughs> this is freezing water 
poured on her arms for, I believe it was 10 hours she was out there in this freezing weather. She had icicles coming off the bottom of her arms. They take her inside, with all, and all the scientists and all the younger kids are in there, and they have this, I guess it's almost like the size of a bathtub, and they put her, it's like lukewarm water. They dip both of her arms in the water while they're frozen and have been frozen for hours. And then they pull them out and then the scientist grabs her. I think it was about at the elbow. It's been a couple months since I've seen the movie. Grabs her by the elbow and just rips all her skin off of her bones. Like degloves her entire arm. And they're like, ooh, okay. And then they all start jotting in their fucking nose. Well, I watched it today, okay? In the movie, it depicts a lot of the scientists losing their fucking shit because... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's no, a little They're trying to hide it. it. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be thick-skinned and think of these people as less than people. But you just uh, ripped someone's flesh off their bones like they were a fucking roast coming out of a crock pot. Well, so, yeah, you mentioned... Okay, so she he dipped them into, like, warmer, lukewarm water. From being oh, God, frozen, yeah. and then following that, yeah, he took like a like a blade or something and just kind of scraped just skin. Me, of course, this is theatrical. I don't know if this is exactly what it looks like when you scrape frostbitten skin and muscle off a bone, but the way they did it, I mean, they just degloved muscle and all, and it just she had skeleton hands, and she was. I hate just to say it, but it came off like a good losing. rib. It, I mean, it came it, off like a well cooked rib. I don't know what year this fucking film was made, but it had to have been at least 40 years ago. And it it had that tells from the crypt vibe during that scene. It was just Which I think is awesome. Yeah, it was. But again, I felt there were several moments watching this film where I felt like I was watching a snuff film. Did you ever watch Cannibal Corpse? Uh, you're talking about Cannibal Holocaust? No, Cannibal, Cor- Cannibal Corpse is the band. Great Cannibal band. Corpse is the band. Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, Green Inferno is also. Yeah, Cannibal Corpse is rock. Don't get me wrong. Cannibal Corpse is good. If you have not listened to them, you should go listen to them right now. Turn off our shitty podcast and listen to some Cannibal Corpse. Right, but Cannibal Holocaust is a... It was supposed to be a snuff film. It was designed to be a snuff film. It ended up being a ruse. Uh, but yeah, he even had all the actors like go into hiding for like years and he well, got signed contract. Well, yeah, they signed contracts. If they said anything within the first year of the movies released, they wouldn't get paid or some bullshit. But yeah, yeah. It, 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 a lot of people like they went to court, like the director had to pull these actors out of hiding so that they could testify on his behalf so that he wouldn't be sentenced for making a snuff film. So that being said, when I was watching this, it felt it was the same emotions that I was overcome with when I was watching cannibal Holocaust. It's It's a pretty rad movie though. It is. But, uh, you know, and moving on as far as the graphic details of some of the procedures, uh, can we talk about the pressure chamber? Yes. Yes. We can absolutely talk about the pressure chamber real quick. Real quick. Okay. I know it's been a while since you've seen the film, but do you remember the scene where they put the guy in the pressure chamber? Yeah, and it's like, or no, that's the that's the spinny one I'm thinking about. Yeah, there's also a spinny one. If you guys know, it's a gravitron, but not nearly as fun. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so, I, I go ahead into it because I don't remember exactly. Okay, so how it the goes. pressure chamber, they put this guy or this Maruta into this chamber. Let's call him a guy. Let's call him a. Human Let's call him a human. Person, he was a human being. Body. He had a name. Human. He probably had a family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not so, gonna go call him a log. We'll call him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I'm, uh, anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. They put this guy in this chamber, and they just start cranking up the volume of just mm. the pressure in this room, and it starts mm-hmm. out with him grabbing his ears. You know, it's kind of like that feeling you get when you swim to the bottom of a very deep pool. You get the the, the pressure on your ears a little bit. I do anyway. Yeah, or like when you go up in a plane. Right. So I guess the plane one is way more general and I should have gone with that one. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I don't know who's <laughs> swimming at the bottom of a yeah. pool all the time. You know, when you're uh, in the middle of the Nile River and it, you're in the deepest portion. So, you know when you get put in a no. pressure chamber by a bunch of crazy scientists? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. You guys again, ever been there? Again, I, I missed that cue. Uh, so... Yeah. They put this guy in this chamber and they start cranking the fucking pressure. And basically they don't stop until his body slightly swells. But what happens is all of his 
insides, his guts, his intestines, everything, exit through his mouth and his ass. It's yeah, just a, just a tube of here. guts just shoots out of his butt, dude. It's the kind of like when you pop a biscuit tube. <laughs> I, like yeah, like if you were to like step on a tube of toothpaste, like it just it would projectile out of the only exit point that is available. And they did a really stand up job cinematically of making this scene so fucked up. It was unreal. So yeah, it's it's I'm just I'm trying we're trying to put it in ways that people can I guess picture it. I'm not trying to dehumanize any of it, or I'm not trying to make any of it seem like it's a laughable situation. I'm just trying to make it to where you can picture the terrible thing that we pictured or saw when we watched this god awful fucking movie. Right. Let's. Uh, you want to start <coughs> right there where it says this is all happening during World War Two. Ex- Man, dude, we're finishing each other's sentences. That's exactly what I was looking at. Dude, we are on point on this episode. All right, dude, yeah. Let's, 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 it's grooving. <clears throat> this was all happening during World War II, but, I mean, this can't be considered normal warfare. This is more like what the Jews, I mean, what the Nazis did to the Jews in Auschwitz, which is why it's called the Chinese Auschwitz, the forgotten Chinese Auschwitz. I don't want to get off topic. I'll just add this. I disagree with it only because the Nazis just didn't like the Jews because they were a different, dirtier, quote-unquote. Uh, okay, let's put it this beings. way. This is... This is if, as if every Gestapo officer was Joseph Mengele, okay? Right, but I feel like the, Jap- the Japanese approach was more of an approach to not only winning a war, learning about uh, chemical warfare, uh, biological warfare, but also learning things that the world of medicine still uses today. It was a very extreme method of pioneering. When it right. comes to science and medicine, so I w- I wouldn't compare the, the 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 Japanese approach to the Nazis' approach only because it was just as gross, just as fucked up, just as dehumanizing. But I feel like there was a scientific reasoning behind the Japanese approach, and as in comparison, they're similar because the Nazis wanted to rule the world, just as the Japanese Empire did, and. That was a large part of their biological warfare war, uh, research was to uh, win war, win battles, and basically run shit. So, yeah. No, I, I would say that they're the same in that aspect. But I digress. Continue. Uh, do you want to go into the first germ research facility? Um, yeah. So the Japanese Army's first germ research facility was built in the town of Beijing outside of Harbin in Manchuria. And all of this is in China, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was also known for the Zong Ma prison camp. In 1932, the village was evacuated and taken over. Ishii and his colleagues in the initial research was focused on anthrax, glanders, uh, and plague, and included live dissection of prisoners, as, as we've mentioned. Which goes into whatever, all the shit that he got to just further explore at Unit 731. Right. So some of the other experiments were uh, precursors to Unit 731. These included experiments in poison gas, high voltage uh, tolerance, poison injections, frostbite remedies like we mentioned, and the removal of organs from further research while the prisoner was still alive, as we had mentioned. Uh, The prisoners... uh, Dude... This whole fucking operation. It's, so, it's hard to talk about and be funny because it's just... It's cr- its crazy that they did this and, and overall got away with it because not only did yeah, they, they essentially got away with shit, it. but, you know, you know, everybody benefited at the end, except for mm-hmm. the victims, of course. Right. Uh, so the prisoners using the experiments were mostly Chinese, but Soviets or communists, Mongolians, and Koreans were used as well. Uh, after the patients died, the bodies were disposed of in an electric furnace or an incinerator. Uh, yeah, and they they really did a, a decent job of covering that role in Man Behind the Sun because it was just a lunatic old man that would sing songs, 
and just hung it by himself in this in this furnace and he would just shovel body parts into this fucking incinerator yeah just out of his fucking mind i do want to talk about what the place looked like really quick because it was massive the establishment was 150 buildings with a perimeter of four miles which included housing accommodation for workers a railway the incinerator we talked about a power supply and a fucking airfield and by 1940, there were more than 3,000 workers at the facility, and during Unit 731's lifetime, it is estimated that 3,000 to 10,000 subjects were killed in medical experiments, which is a pretty big gap. Of, you know, Maybe it was this many type of thing. Uh, Unit 731 claimed publicly that its sole purpose was the prevention of disease and epidemics. And that's, you know, as much as they may have been full of shit when they stated that. It was kind mm-hmm. of true. We learned a lot about diseases and prevention as well as epidemics, ironically, in 2020. We're still trying to figure it out. But we learned a lot that we didn't know prior to Unit 731. It, I'm not saying it was necessary for, for Unit 731 to happen in order for us to learn things. It's just that that idea was the first idea and it was fucked up, but it was carried out and we learned some shit from it regardless. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. Yeah. So. I'm going to skip over the roadblock thing because it doesn't really tie into anything else. And we can go straight into um, the methods, the weaponized diseases, because we're already at an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we know that many different experiments and torture methods were done on the prisoners, but Ishii really wanted to weaponize diseases, which was a huge part of Unit 731's duty. But in order to weaponize diseases such as the plague, Ishii's staff bred fleas to expose them to rats infected with the plague and other pathogens. And during the late 1930s, it is estimated that Unit 731 was capable of producing billions of bacteria microbes in a matter of days. Preliminary investigatory findings from the Karbrovsky trials, the facility had the capability to produce upwards of 30 billion microbes in a few days. And once he determined which diseases were the most effective to weaponize, Ishii only needed to develop a delivery system for his plague-ridden fleas. They would unleash these fleas on unsuspecting villages to test the effectiveness. And one of the methods was directly contaminating the water supply and releasing rats covered in plague-ridden fleas. But another method was the ceramic bombs that we talked about earlier and where they would fill these. They were like ceramic eggs, essentially. They would fill them with fleas and they would drop them over villages. Before you continue, part of the problem they were having were these ammunition shell casings that they were putting the diseases in were getting too hot during firing, during distributing. So it would almost, it was basically killing the disease inside the hot casing. And it wasn't really that effective as far as spreading a disease. Once it was, um, uh, fuck, what is the word uh, projectiled into a body or a group of people? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the clay casings, these pottery these ceramic uh casings that were holding uh the diseases plague what whatever they were great at holding temperature because they were made in ovens i mean they they were great at um insulating is what i mean right and they would only smash once they hit the ground right but yeah the the temperature in it was keeping the disease healthy until it was distributed for sure so after all of this everything we just talked about the, the 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 experiments, the vivisections, the diseases, the murder, the burning of bodies, the bombs, the grenades, everything we talked about. After all of this, some of the researchers involved in Unit 731 were given immunity in exchange for the information gathered through these human experiments. It's not surprising. Just like Operation Paperclip, just like they did with the Nazis, they gave them immunity other researchers and scientists involved that the Soviet forces forces arrested first were not so lucky and were tried at the Karbrovsky Karbrovsky war crime trials in 1949. I think I said it different earlier, and I just said it different again because I don't Karbrovsk, know. Karbrovsk, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, Karbrovsk. I don't fucking know. Karbrovsky sounds better to me. <laughs> uh, these trials were held. What? Nothing. Okay. <clears throat> These trials were held between December 25th to the 31st of 1949. Twelve members of the Japanese army were tried 
as war criminals for manufacturing and using biological weapons against, or I'm sorry, during World War II. The highest sentence anyone got was a total of 25 years, and only four people were handed this sentence. Now, you might be asking, what happened to Jiro Ishii? He was at the top of everything. Isn't it always the, you want to cut off the head of the snake? Isn't that the, isn't that the saying, Johnny? Isn't that what they do to people like General Ishii? I, yeah, but when you say the head of the snake, I think when you, when we say the head of the snake, we think just overall Japanese empire. We weren't, we just want to about the head of the 731 snake. Right. Oh yeah. No, it would be Ishii's, uh, medical background that ran the entire operation. Yes. So, uh, if you do not know, so general Ishii was granted immunity as well as all of the participating and acting Japanese scientists that worked in the uh, facility known as Unit 731, which was roughly around a thousand personnel. So except for the ones that were tried in the, the war crime trials in 1949, except for them because well, the Soviet the Soviet Union did that because some of the victims were Soviets. That's and they give a fuck about their people. Right, right, right. They they did see that one through, but the the American government decided not to prosecute any of the Japanese scientists for the war crimes in exchange for their knowledge, their data, the uh, experimentation process of biological warfare. So uh, our government has agreed to play this dirty game in order to gain knowledge and just, you know, eh, no harm, no foul. So you have guys like Ishii granted immunity uh, and recruited by the U.S. for more research to be done. Uh, but the there were uh, there's a handful of Japanese scientists that if they didn't come work for the U.S. government, there were they were running medical boards in Japan. They were in higher ranking uh, positions in the medical field following Unit 731. Um, all because they had information that was useful to other governments as far as future warfare. And here we are in 2020 uh, blaming China or whoever the fuck else uh, for spreading uh, coronavirus, which may, may very well be related to uh, a facility that was um, experimenting in high levels of disease and mm-hmm. viruses uh, just 50 years ago. I mean, we, we're seeing the repercussions of radiation from just as long. Why wouldn't it be the same for, you know, d- uh, disease or airborne infections that people can pass to one another? So Ishii, you're probably hoping that he died a horrific and painful and well-deserved death uh, after everything that he did at Unit 731, but unfortunately that is not the case. It is not. He he died of lung cancer in his home, surrounded by his friends and family, and went peacefully, as far as, I'm con- as, yeah, far as the, I know. At the age of 67, yes. Yeah, so granted immunity, he wasn't, uh, he was never prosecuted. So he, he worked for the U.S. government for some time. I don't know the details on that. Um, probably got a fucking pension as well. But he, uh, yeah, so Ishii died 67, lung cancer uh, in, I believe, 1959. So like 14, maybe 15 years after World War II had ended. Because uh, the collapse of all of this, it, it, I mean, they fell. 1959, he died. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, sorry. I thought you were deciding between two dates. No, 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 no. Uh, it was, sorry, I said 1959. It was 14 or 15 years after. Yeah, yeah. What he had, uh, uh, when the Japanese surrendered, uh, destroyed all the evidence of Unit 731, and then, mm-hmm. uh, of course, World War II came to an end. <laughs> But if that wouldn't have happened, I mean, there were uh, there were dates and missions that were already planned by the Japanese Empire to drop these uh, disease-infested bombs uh, all over American uh, territory. I mean, they had a couple of weather balloons filled with plague or like the, the fleas that were it had some shit in them. They dropped them. They sent them over to U.S. And then I think they landed in Montana and Wyoming territory, killing like six people total. Yeah, because nobody fucking lives there anyway. But that was, yeah. Uh, but there were more scheduled for like 1945, 19, like towards the end of the war when 
they decided, you know what, we're just going to cut our losses because they were, I mean, by then they knew they were in a losing war, so. Right. So, I mean, that sums up Unit 731. This was not a super fun episode. I'm sorry we didn't have a whole lot of laughs. In this one, it was really hard to make it funny. But we tried our best. We had a few laughs here and there. Well, no, I, I think this one was good. I mean, I, I mean, not trying to crack jokes. It was definitely uh, a, a subject that, I don't know, it's kind of shitty to make light of. But it's definitely a subject or uh, a, an event in history that should be more uh, accessible uh, as far as uh, the average person's knowledge of. Like, people don't know about it. And, and uh, right. to be honest, a lot of the research that we covered for this episode, it's new. It's just now starting to come out. Like, 2013 is when the Japanese government finally openly, like, started apologizing and 2013 is when the prime minister apologized. It might've been like early two thousands or like maybe 96 when Japanese government finally admitted, yes, this happened because for like three or four decades, two or three decades, they denied it. They, they had, they claimed they had nothing to do with it. But now the Japanese government has finally, you know, in the 21st century admitted to, yeah, yeah, we fucked up our bad. Yeah, exactly. So, thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at the Dad's Chill. You can follow Johnny on Instagram at Johnny Two Jokes. You can follow the show at the Chilling Truth Podcast. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode. Our witchcraft episode is coming out this Friday. You guys can get excited for that. You learn to cast some spells and things of that nature. We did do redo our Satanism episode as well. You guys can go back and listen to that. We took a new take on Satanism. Johnny gets very angry, which is why we had our intensity talk. <laughs> earlier today. I, don't, I don't think I got angry. He got he got aggressive. We'll say he got aggressive. But, but uh, yeah, go listen to that. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate that. And we will catch you guys on the flippity flip. Later. Later.